Welcome to a tech moment on Cannabis Tech. I'm your host, Christina Etter. In this podcast, we take just a few minutes to talk about some of the exciting things that are happening in the cannabis and hemp industries. And there is absolutely no question that our lives today have been completely turned upside down in the wake of this pandemic and the coronavirus and all of this craziness that's happening across the United States and across the world. But as we face these challenges, one thing that we have to try to remember is that sometimes the best lessons come from the most challenging struggles. In this topsy-turvy world where cannabis has been deemed essential, many of us have questions about the future of the market, what's going on, and where is this gonna take us from here now that cannabis has been declared an essential industry? So for this episode, I've invited back RJ Hopp, the director of Hemp Markets at Pan Exchange, to talk about this month's Hemp Market Report. Welcome back to the show, RJ. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. It's uh, great to speak with you again today. And you know, COVID definitely is at the front of everyone's minds right now. Everybody's lives have been dramatically changed, but you know, looking at commodity markets as a whole and the hemp industry, you know, we have seen some pretty dramatic shifts in what's been going on. And, you know, on the broader commodity scale, we had crude oil going negative, which I never thought would have happened. You know, gas demand and ethanol demand is definitely shaking things up. But, um, you know, overall in the hemp industry specifically, uh, you know, from the pricing standpoint, we have seen, uh, we have seen a lot of the products level off a little bit, and I think that's largely due to a slowdown in some companies' production um, and kind of starting to settle down in terms of the supply and demand imbalances. Uh, also, looking at this from kind of a broader view, I really do think that you know we're in this period where we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen next. And I've been, you know, kind of on the opinion that 2020 will go down as a transition year is a lot of things have been changing in the hemp industry uh, in terms of what we've known and been accustomed to. Uh, we also have some bigger forces that are working as well, where uh, in 2020, theoretically, will be the last year that we have different states operating under different hemp procedures uh, in terms of production. And you know, this year, we should be able to get something from the FDA as well in terms of where exactly we can put these uh, cannabinoid enriched products and so you know, there is a lot of stuff going on I think it is a little bit too early to say exactly what the long-standing effects will be but uh, you know, safe to say that 2020 will be an interesting year uh, you know, going into this crop year. Oh, most definitely. You know, it's really going to be interesting to see over the next, you know, few months how all of this does pan out for the hemp industry. I mean, we know that cannabis has been deemed essential, but it will be very interesting, I think, moving forward to see what happens uh, with the hemp industry directly. Now, from your perspective and, and looking at these numbers and seeing these things on a regular basis, is there any one particular segment or anything that really kind of jumps out to you that may be um, doing better than others or doing worse than others? Is there anything that really stands out? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, across the supply chain, we're seeing ripples of uh, COVID and ultimately supply and demand imbalances, but I do see a couple interesting things right now. First off, the prices of inputs are dramatically coming down. Uh, there's a lot more there's a lot more competition on that side of the space and have seen prices of seeds and clones come dramatically down as compared to last year uh, which is a good thing in terms of 
where we're at with market prices. Uh, looking at the biomass market and the refined products market, uh, biomass definitely is still on the move. We've seen an influx of, you know, albeit small demand coming into the market as some of these states, uh, such as Texas, for example, are starting to get their processing online and people wanna do tests before going into this crop year. Looking at the crude oil market, have seen some more downward pressure and I think that largely that is due to a lot of these tolling splits and you know, kind of getting at the mentality of things where if a producer might have a significant amount of biomass, they're starting to get to that point where they're worried about the product starting to degrade. So instead of letting it degrade, uh, you know, transition that into crude oil, which has essentially you know, shift some of that oversupply more further downstream. That is really interesting. You know, I find it fascinating to read the month over month report and see those changes and kind of make that correlation and, you know, look at the market and see what's going on. It's just really fascinating to see everything and how it all plays out. Now, one of the things that really kind of stood out to me this month that I thought was fascinating was in regards to the number of hemp licenses and how that has declined pretty drastically in some states. Do you want to touch base on that and what you're seeing from your perspective, uh, why these numbers are declining like they are? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question. I'm glad that you brought it up. So I want to give a shout out to one of the analysts on the Pan Exchange team who came to me, uh, starting to show this trend about overall trends in licenses and how much it's been changing year over year. And the big thing that really stuck out to me when we started comparing this is that a lot of these established states, your Colorados, your Oregon's, Kentucky, have seen a dramatic decline in the amount of licenses that were either submitted as an application or approved. Granted, one small caveat is that a lot of these states do so on a rolling basis. So COVID could have an effect on people not actually submitting a license, maybe taking a little bit more time to look at things. But it's apparent that the supply side of the industry is changing at this point. Um, and one other thing that I do want to touch on real quick is that you know, license doesn't necessarily correlate to X amount of planted, planted acres where I believe that there is a trend of, and a trend of people starting to turn down the amount of expansion, uh, whereas in 2018 and 2019, a lot of producers talked about, all right, I had a great year last year, I'm gonna double my acres. But we're starting to see that trend uh, reverse and come back to the mean a little bit. So it's really interesting to get your perspective on that because that really kind of balances out that data and explains why we're seeing some of these numbers shift versus just having people that maybe jumped in last year and got scared or got intimidated by the complexity of the hip crop. So it's interesting to kind of hear your perspective and see that balance of data and understand why these market changes are really happening. Yeah, and it's interesting kind of continuing on that where I believe that there definitely is an influence of what's going on right now. And granted, a lot of ag markets are in a state of flux, but another thing that could be going on too is that you know, some farmers might be gravitating towards a less risky crop where uh, you know, unfortunately there were some producers that had trouble producing a quality prop, uh, crop for one reason or another, whether it's genetics or uh, you know, something happened in the field. Um, so I definitely see that as a force as well, where uncertainty you know, might lead people to be less risky in terms of what they do this year with their, with their farms. 
So, right. It's interesting to hear your thoughts uh, in terms of less risky crops uh, that, that the farmers may be turning to. And that's actually a great segue into the next question that I had about industrial hemp and what's going on there in that market. It seems just from the different people that I've talked to in the industry that there's, there's sort of a consensus or a, an optimistic sentiment that the, because more manufacturing is going to be done here in the United States and we're looking to kind of um, get out of the global market a little bit in terms of manufacturing, that maybe hemp as a resource is going to see a resurgence. And it, it feels like a lot of the industry is very, very optimistic about the future of hemp in a post-pandemic world. So I would really like to hear what your thoughts are and from your perspective, being a part of this hemp market for as long as you have been, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Are you as optimistic as everyone else? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because when Pan Exchange was first looking at the hemp market, the industrial side is really what piqued our interest. Um, granted, the cannabinoid side of things is is awesome and love being in that side of the space. But in terms of kind of our backgrounds, industrial, you know, fits kind of what we're used to dealing with. And I do you know, remain positive on the industrial side of this of this industry, where, as you said, there's tons and tons of different outlets for industrial hemp. But the interesting thing for me is that you know you're starting to see some of these input prices, as we talked about earlier, coming down, which will help make things more cost effective. But it still is early days for the industrial industry. So looking at what's going on right now. Um, I read a story about Panda Biotech that actually was distributing seeds in Texas to you know, start spurring the industrial production. Um, and those kind of things are awesome in terms of getting the industry going forward. Uh, but I do want to stress that uh, there isn't a super liquid market for it. So just pivoting from cannabinoid production to industrial hemp uh, you know, doesn't necessarily alleviate some of that risk. But the important thing here is that you know, building these relationships is going to be key going forward where uh, processors are trying to figure out exactly what specs they need, you know, ultimately to make it a, a hemp as substitute and a competitor to some of these other markets that haven't had a true shakeup in a while, uh, you know, specifically looking at maybe the fiber for textiles, for example, or uh, incorporating hemp as as another option in the animal feed industry, which are both massive, massive areas of opportunity. Definitely. And you know, even though that we're living in this time of uncertainty, it's really um, nice to be able to grab a hold of that silver lining, have hope for the future, realize that things are changing, but maybe improving a little bit for the better. And you know, I think that that's the one thing that we can all kind of agree on coming out of this situation is that we can hope for the best, and prepare as much as we can and maybe make changes that will improve things along the way. And that's how we're all going to get through this in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely been a shakeup on everybody's side, but also gives us an opportunity to reflect on what's been happening and pivot and you know continue to attack what's next, which is something that I think that the hemp industry has done particularly well. The fact that 
Uh, we went from it being federally illegal and a controlled one substance just a couple years ago to being grown uh, in 47 states. It's looking like this year is an awesome feat. And, you know, continue to say that I'm excited about what's next for this industry. And, uh, you know, can't wait to see what happens in this crop year. Well, thanks so much again, RJ, for coming on the show today and talking to us about the hemp market report. And just so the audience knows, that report is available on canexchange.com. You can go sign up for the report. They're going to send it to you on a regular basis. And it really does help keep your finger on that pulse of the hemp market and really understand some of the, the fluctuations and things that we're seeing. So RJ, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you on again next month to talk about next month's report. Absolutely. I look forward to joining you next month as well. Take care, Christiana.